Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. We're happy that you've invited us into your homes. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen. And we hope to be able to share some new insights on the ongoing controversies of contemporary Mormon-based polygamy. Um, As most of you are probably aware, the FLDS has recently experienced some crises and some upheavals in their communities resulting from some phone calls uh, that was made by Warren Jeffs from his Texas prison cell during the week of Christmas. The consequence of his verbal tirades is that he has lost all phone privileges for the next 90 days. And of course, we wonder if he should ever get the phone privileges back because in those phone calls, he's terrorizing his followers in the FLDS communities. And if he does get them back, that perhaps they ought to give them on a very limited basis. Uh, I mean, after all, the telephone privileges is a privilege. It isn't a requirement, but we will keep you updated on the goings-on and the new events or whatever is taking place in the FLDS as well as the other polygamy groups uh, on our show on a weekly basis. We also, again, want to remind all of our viewers, if you or if you know somebody who may be looking for some help after you leave or escape from a polygamous situation, you can give us a call. That's why we're here. We do want to help you. We have a toll-free number. It's 877 425-9993. It's a toll-free, remember. You can call us from anywhere and we will will even rescue you from wherever you're at. If you need to get out of polygamy and you have no other way to leave, just give us a call and let us know um, and we'll help you however we can. Last year, we had as a guest on our show um, a woman by the name of Rebecca Kimball. She had been raised in the FLDS group. She was able to get out, and we had a very good interview on our show. You can see it online um, on whatloveisthis.tv, and just click on to the July 7th, 2011 show, and you can watch our interview with her. Rebecca Kimball recently made a comment regarding the Cody Brown sister wives family and I would like to make uh, put this on the screen and quote what she said because it is so appropriate. And so I, uh, this is what she said, quote, freedom of religion doesn't come with the right to force others to share their mate when you won't, to finance your family when you won't or to blame a religion for your irresponsible behavior. Cody Brown's family has as many bankruptcies as wives, plus two defunct businesses. Web searches show that Christine was on food stamps while filming on TLC. Cody went to Mexico. He had a bachelor party, a wedding reception, and a honeymoon with Robin, but the doctor who performed his daughter's emergency appendectomy remained unpaid in the bankruptcy papers. Who protects the rights of those who gave him credit? Who protects the taxpayer from paying when breeding women like cattle becomes a source of income sugar-coated as a lifestyle choice? Polygamy supported by other people's money should be a crime. There should be a limit on the number of children a man can force taxpayers to provide for. It may be his choice, but the taxpayers don't have a choice, end quote. 
and we would like to chime in with her on this question. What right do the polygamists have to load down the taxpayers with the responsibility of providing for their families? How fair is it to force the taxpayers to fund the lifestyle of an abusive religious system that hurts women and children? Think about that. You know, we've dedicated several conversations on our shows uh, recently to the public polygamist activities of the Cody Brown family of Sister Wives fame and of the Joe Darger family who wrote the latest pro-polygamy book entitled Love Times Three. Our guest tonight has not yet weighed in, at least on this show, his thoughts and his observations of the Darger family. And so we invited John Llewellyn to share with us tonight and also, perhaps, if we have time, to talk about the wisdom of Justice Bauman's decision to uphold the anti-polygamy law in Canada and reflect if perhaps the United States uh, courts will show equal wisdom. All of this said to introduce and to welcome our returning guest tonight, John Llewellyn. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's great to have you back. <laughs> you know, John, every time you're on the show, uh, and you've been on three or four times in the past, mm -hmm. we get phone calls or, or emails asking, just say how much they enjoyed your being here and your remarks, and asking mm. us to always invite you back. And you always come back when we invite you. Well, I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're so charming, I can't resist you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I wasn't fishing for a compliment there, but we do appreciate you, and you do have a lot of expertise in this uh, subject. And you have a blog where you are publishing articles. Would you tell our viewers about oh, that? Oh, sure. In fact, uh, uh, you asked me to do a review on Love Times Three, and it'll, I just posted it on my blog, uh, polygamybooks.org, uh, today. Mm. So we probably won't cover everything, and you, you seldom do in these yeah, interviews, yeah. but if anyone's interested, they could uh, uh, log on that uh, blog and read the, the entire thing. If you'll please excuse the typos. God, I don't, I'm so embarrassed with the typos. Sometimes I think I got them all. You didn't see them until after. <laughs> well, on, on your, that article and, and our subject matter tonight, we're going we're gonna to try and get, like you say, okay. as much done as we can. Okay. But when you were, you were commenting on the sister wives lawsuit, and I'm quoting here from your blog, you said, for those of us that are intimately feel familiar with what goes on inside the Mormon polygamous communities, the claims of the Cody Brown family are mostly incredulous. The move to Las Vegas, allegedly out of fear of prosecution, I suspect is nothing more than a strategy to portray themselves as victims. In actuality, I love this phrase, in actuality, Utah is the safest place in the United States for Mormon polygamists who are consenting adults. According to, to Attorney General Mark Shirtliff, he pretty much set the standard for prosecutors several years ago when he announced that he would not prosecute a religious tenant and he would only prosecute where underage girls were taken as plural wives. He further established a safety net program for Mormon polygamists which has been instrumental in changing attitudes, in other words, initiating tolerance towards Mormon polygamists. Now, before we discuss the Darger book, uh, The Family on the Darger, Polygamous Family, would you briefly explain why you said in this comment that the federal lawsuit by the sister wives is incredulous? Well, it's incredulous because they, cr they claim that they're being discriminated against and persecuted. And, of course, uh, Joe Darter does the same thing in, in his book. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and they'd like to be able to talk freely about their religion. Uh, they feel like they're being uh, censored uh, because of the statutes and the different things. But as I point out in my blog, my gosh, what's holding uh, the uh, Brown family back? I mean, they're doing everything that they possibly can. Nobody's persecuting them. They got a, a, a successful television show going. Uh, here's the Darter family. They're doing the same thing. Principal Voices is arranged for them to give uh, talks and seminars and different things to government employees. Hmm. Uh, they've written the book. They're on television. They're the toast of the town. I mean, <laughs> why is he going to Las Vegas? It's, it's got to be a strategy, a tragic strategy. Well, it's a tragedy, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, it, it's a fact. Utah is the safest place in the United States for polygamists, as long as they're not involving uh, underage children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with you there. Well, last October, I think it was October, maybe it was September, the, the book, uh, the Darger Family book, uh, Love Times Three, was released. And it was written by the Darger family, had, Joe Darger and his three <laughs> wives. And we're going to get in discussion about the book. You, you said, first of all, that you think that they were recruited to write the book. Who recruited them and for what purpose? Well, that's my belief. Now, you have to understand where I'm coming from. I lived polygamy, was part of AUB, mm -hmm. Apostolic United Baptist, for about 20 years. And I'm very familiar with Ann Wilde and Mary Batchelor and the, and the, other, and the people involved. Uh, my family at one time was very similar to the Darter family, so I have some empathy towards them. In fact, I think they're probably a, a pretty decent family and, are, and uh, believe everything they say and are trying to live the best they can and trying to raise their children the best they can. But uh, it takes, you know, what prompted them to all of a sudden decide that they wanted to be the poster children or the poster family for uh, promoting polygamy. Uh, they're friends with Ann Wilde, the, the people of Principal Voices. We know that Principal Voices has this movement going on, and they've been fairly successful in, in uh, t teaching their brand of Mormon fundamentalism. Uh, and as a result, there is a lot of tolerance towards it. So I think that they recruited these people. I can't prove it. But, but I'd bet you a dollar against a donut that that's what has happened. Uh, because I know how, this, how they work. I know their mind uh, set. And I know what their agenda is mm -hmm. because uh, I was with them at one time mm -hmm. and agreed with them at one time. Um, so, and then another thing, um, uh, Brooke Adams' name is on there as, as mm -hmm. a consultant and mm -hmm. everything. And I think Brooke Adams has had a lot more to do with the publish, publishing of this book. And uh, between her and the influence the Principal Voices had, they've been able to get a lot of TV uh, shows where these, where these folks have been uh, uh, making an appearance. It's all part of an agenda. And uh, I hate to see this family, because they seem like a pretty decent family, get involved in all this celebrity stuff. And then watching them on television, it looks like they have been caught up in the celebrity mm -hmm. um, hoopla, just as, just as the Browns did, just as Tom Green did, yeah. and just as others yeah. before him. And I think that uh, in the long run, they're going to wish that they hadn't have done it. Hmm. 
Well, you rubbed shoulders. You were a polygamist yourself in the AUB. Uh, you had three wives at one time, didn't right. you? And so you rubbed shoulders and elbows and lived amongst polygamous families mm -hmm. for a, quite a long time. So you would be able to say from experience how much like the Darger family uh, would you say most polygamy families are? Are, oh. they, are they the normal? No, they're not. That's the problem. They don't come out and say, we are the epitome and, and that uh, all of polygamy is like us and we're, we're representative of them. They don't come out and say it. But this, the, the implication is all through the book, mm -hmm. that these are the people uh, that uh, uh, what polygamists are like and that's why it should be decriminalized. Mm -hmm. uh, because they're, you know, they're very likable, the, the, the ladies are attractive, mm -hmm. um, but they don't represent that. now. I noticed that we'll probably get to it, uh, Valerie, the third wife, mm -hmm. um, she was married to a polygamist before mm -hmm. and she had a, a bad experience and she gives some of her uh, biography, autobiography in the book and uh, I wasn't, you know, I've read so many of these books that I was kind of getting away from them and until I got onto that particular subject. Uh, she gave the name of the, uh, her ex-polygamous uh, husband as Donald and said that he was, uh, had a big home in Mayfield, uh, that he was in the fireworks business, and that he eventually moved him out to uh, Pleasant Valley. Well, there's only, only one man that that could be, and that's Dennis Matthews, who was one of the key figures in the theft of a million and a half dollars from Virginia Hill. And you and talked I, about that on one of our shows. Right, and I was the lead that. investigator in that. Right. And I knew all of the principals. I knew Dennis Matthews. And he is m one of the most unscrupulous people that, I can, uh, that I've ever uh, been involved with in an investigation. Uh, the man is despicable. And if we wasn't on television, when it was out there, when it was just us guys, I'd probably use some <laughs> profanity in describing what this man is like. So I have a lot of empathy for this lady um, uh, and what she had to go through and her other, other plural rights. But the thing of it is, is, is that uh, Dennis Matthews, uh, a thief, uh, Warren Jeffs, a pervert, and, and the all-red oligarchy was involved in the theft, this represents more of what polygamy is like and not these folks. Than these folks. They said that Warren Jeffs was an anomaly. No. Uh, the Joe family, Joe Darger family, they're, they're the anomaly. The anomaly. Yeah. And there's so much crime and corruption involved in Mormon fundamentalism because of the power, the money that is involved, that it's always going to be that way. And no matter how you try to sanitize it and brush it up, uh, it's going to be there. And um, you, the, I believe you said in your blog that all of Dennis Matthews' wives except one uh, finally left, left him, him and, yes. and you thought that he's gone to be involved with the Harmston group. Well, I heard rumors that uh, he, what he did is he conned a poor man that was on his deathbed into buying a couple of houses and some property in, um, I think it's Mayfield, um, down in the central part of the state, mm -hmm. and uh, put the name in the uh, of the property in his one wife's name, and then the plural wife of, of Richard Coons, who was the man that, mm. uh, that he conned into doing this. And I knew mm -hmm. Richard uh, at the time. I was able to talk to him. And after Richard died, 
why his siblings were very upset and they got a hold of me to see if there's anything they can do because Richard had promised that that whatever um, real estate that he had, he would leave it to his blood siblings. But here it goes to these two women who are controlled by Dennis Matthews. Hmm. So he's down there now, kind of a guru apostle type with his own little uh, gathering of AUB uh, people that are probably rejects. Well, I think he's had his hand in a lot of the polygamy groups, so in one way or another. Well, he has. Mm -hmm. He's been involved with, with uh, some of the independent, um, oh, um, from the FLDS, some of the people that are up here. I'm trying to think of the name. You'd recognize it. But I think if he is involved with Jim Harmston, all he's doing is playing Jim Harmston for what he can get. The same way as he played... Um, John Sugart in order to get his hands on the million and a half dollars. Mm -hmm. So he's going to do what he, he'll have his hand here and there and wherever, but he'll be doing his own thing. So. He's a man that just cannot be trusted. Now in the book, and you mentioned this on your blog, <coughs> um, they claim that the independents, what they're independent, and, and maybe we better preface this a little bit for our viewers. Okay. There, there's polygamy groups where like the FLDS, the Kingston group, the All Red group, and, and the Peterson group, these different groups. But then there are independents who they practice polygamy, but they don't belong to a specific group. And in the book, they said that they, they are independents. They don't belong to a particular priesthood mm -hmm. group leader. And they claim that the independents are the largest category yeah. of funda Mormon fundamentalists. What's the truth behind that well, statement? Well, that's, that's a gross exaggeration. I was a good friend of Ogden Krauts, who was a, um, the um, polygamous husband of, of Ann Wilde. And uh, he told me once that he figured that there was like 100,000 independent polygamists. And I said, Whoa. Ogden, I said, that's an awful lot. I'd be surprised if there's a 1,000. And he says, no, he says, I think that there's a lot of them in the church who are secretly practicing it. Uh, I really liked Ogden. He, was, he, he had a lot of integrity, and, and uh, he really believed what he was saying, and he was a good author. Uh, but I think it was more wishful thinking on his part. Mm. He just figured that plural marriage was so strong and compelling that there would be a lot of church members that were uh, living it secretly, and I, hmm. I just don't think that's the hmm. case. Hmm. That's true. The so independents are, are the, the least numerous of all of the, uh, of the subculture itself. Okay. And in the book, and, and also you mentioned this in your article, in a note to the readers in the book, it says, um, in the last paragraph it states, Polygamy is the most widespread family structure in the world, permissible in more cultures historically than any mm -hmm. other. Would you, well, <laughs> would you talk that, about that a little bit? That, that was probably true at one time. But uh, the more westernized the, the, these countries have become, like Pakistan, for example, and Afghanistan and in Egypt, um, they were doing away with, with polygamy. Uh, while I was a deputy sheriff, I, I had the good fortune of meeting a detective from Pakistan. And we talked uh, quite a bit, and we talked about polygamy. And he told me, and this would be back in the 70s, uh, he says, we're doing away with it. He says, uh, it's just not as popular as it once was. So where are you going to find polygamy outside of Utah 
there'll be a lot of the uh, Muslims will, but it'll be in mostly in darkest Africa. And I don't think that that is, you know, well, I, I wouldn't say. <laughs> you know, and that and that's, raises a question in my own mind, because cultures that allow <coughs> polygamy, they're depressive, they're oppressive, they're backward cultures, they lag behind economically, socially, and in regards to human rights. That's and true. yet I hear polygamists argue that all the time. That's one of their argumentative points. Well, that so many of these uh, nations allow polygamy, but they're oppressive. Why would they want to use that as an example? Do they really want the, the women to wear burqa? and walk behind them 10 steps anytime yeah. they walk out with their husband? Is yeah. that what they polygamists really want? Well, I believe there was some people in the FLDS would probably want that. <laughs> you know, the, they're just as strict in their own way in, in, mm -hmm. the, in the way they treat these poor women. That's right. That's and right. these women don't know any different. And it's just like in Islam, you know, I'm, I'm starting to study more of Islam. And there is such a parallel between... Muhammad and Joseph Smith oh, yes. and the treatment of women and the ideas that they get, you know, um, that it's permissible to beat their wives, you know, the Quran mm -hmm, authorizes mm -hmm. them. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, actually, I think right now there's probably more Muslim polygamists in the United States than there is Mormon polygamists. But they're a little bit smarter. They keep their mouths shut. And they don't want well, to. Well, people have asked us why we we don't go after other polygamists. Why we just do the the Mormon polygamists? And the re, our our answer to that is, the Mormon polygamists are the only ones that claim you have to do it to go to heaven. The the Islam doesn't do that. They they allow them to do it, but they don't say you have to do it in order to reach the, uh -huh. the heavenly glory you like that, the polygamists here do. Uh, you mentioned that, going to heaven, uh, because you're a polygamist, and uh, Joe mentions that in his book, saying that mm -hmm. a lot of people have a misconception that only polygamists are going to go to heaven. Well, the Mormon heaven is divided into three layers, mm -hmm. and, and the highest is the celestial kingdom, and that's where the Mormon polygamists are going to go. And that's the only place that you can go to be if you're a polygamist but it is so discriminating because mm -hmm. no one else can go and um, actually Joe said in, in the book and this was an out-and-out -out lie on his part he said polygamy is not essential to get into heaven as many critics of the lifestyle yeah, falsely right, assert right. and so what I would like to do is and I've got three statements from now the polygamists Mormon polygamists believe in the same early Mormon prophets, seers, and revelators as the mainline LDS church believe in. The, these guys believe in them just as strongly as the church does. They believe in Joseph Smith. They believe in the Doctrine and Covenants. They believe in Journal of Discourses and all that. Right. In the section 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants, and, and we're going to put this quote up on the screen, it says, and as pertaining to the new and everlasting covenant, which is polygamy, it was instituted for the fullness of my glory, and he that receiveth the fullness thereof must and shall abide the law, or he shall be damned, saith the Lord. Right. And then in Journal of Discourses, and this would be Brigham Young, he said this, Volume 3, Now if any of you will deny the plurality of wives and continue to do so, I promise that you will be 
damned. Yeah, yeah. And then Orson Pratt, he was another seer, has got a book called The Seer, and he said, God has told us, Latter-day Saints, that we shall be condemned if we do not enter into that principle. Mm -hmm. Now that's only three quotes. Mm -hmm. And yet Joe said that that was a lie, that they had to live polygamy. Or, But what does it mean to be damned? What is Mormon damnation? Well, <laughs> that means... <laughs> That means you'll probably go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and yet that's what they taught. Yeah. You won't be able to progress along with the rest of the polygamists. I think what Joe was, was referring to is uh, everybody will go to heaven, but it'll only be the polygamists that'll go up to the highest heaven. And those, all those honorable men of the earth who didn't accept polygamy, uh, men like uh, Thomas Jefferson or Abraham Lincoln, they will be the servants of mm, those yeah. polygamists. Mm -hmm. So here you got Warren Jeffs, you know, and, and they say that he's an anomaly, but yet, yet he's driven by the same doctrines exactly. as these people are. Exactly. In fact, Warren will have a greater exaltation than Joe because Warren's got 60 wives and Joe has only got three. So according to Mormon doctors, doctrine, will Warren Jeffs and Den Dennis Matthews go to celestial glory? That's right. Yeah, they'll go to the highest degree of the celestial glory. And uh, people like us will be shining their shoes and different things. Jim Harmston used to, to laugh. He was going to have Gordon B. Hinckley shine his shoes when he got up to the <laughs> celestial kingdom. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's all a myth, and it's all uh, yeah, a big it fairy tale. Uh, when you get right down to it and analyze it. It is. It certainly is a myth. Uh, you you mentioned, and I have to agree with you, that the Darger family, um, all except for one chapter in the book, revolved around their relationship, the wife mm -hmm. and the husband. The one chapter did mention the children and the nurturing um, that, that, that there's so many children in the family and in polygamous families. You doubted that if the Darger family provide the nurturing and the attention that all their children needs. Well, How I, much can they supply? That's right. And I say that from experience, from my own experience. I was so busy trying to keep the peace between three women and then two women uh, when, when one left me to become the fifth wife in a more affluent polygamous family. Um, my biggest regret is that I didn't have the time to spend with my, with my children and teach them and inculcate with them the importance of an education. They're all good kids. They're all good workers. Uh, and, and, and I love them. And I, there's no way I could reject them, even though what I did is wrong. Uh, there's no way I could I could reject them. I wouldn't have mm -hmm. a posterity without mm -hmm. them. Yeah. But you cannot. There's just too much to do. You can't satisfy the women because they're always testing you. The uh, jealousy is there. You know, when Ann Wiles said that she had solved it, that after two or three days she was no longer jealous. That's malarkey. <laughs> all of these women, if they got any uh, intelligence at all that's always going to be there, and they just have to shelf it. And so the man spends so much time in to, to, towards their needs that, uh, that the children are neglected. It's the mothers in the polygamous family, generally, that raise the children. Mm -hmm. And there's been some very intelligent and uh, wonderful kids come out of the polygamous families. Mm -hmm. Look at you. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there's a, uh, there, I agree. There's a well, lot of them Rebecca who have Kimball. come out. Yeah. Uh, I could name off a whole bunch of people, you know. When I read the book, it was the most boring book, like I said uh -huh. earlier. But I, I 
got through it because I needed to, for, you know, f- right. for the show. But there were a few places that I would groan when I would read it, and there were some places I actually would shed tears. Yeah. Uh, of course, going back to my own experiences yeah. too. But one of the places, uh, well, some of the tears I shed too is because they are clinging onto false doctrine. They're hanging their eternity on this false doctrine. Right. But on page one ninety nine, Joe said the husband he said that. He cannot meet the emotional needs of all of his wives, and he called it their baggage. He said if he tried to meet all the needs of all of his wives, he would be little more than a pack horse, that they were each to meet their own material and emotional needs. Now, this grossly but correctly illustrates the unequal status of women in polygamy. The man is the focus. His needs are always met. It's love times free for Joe Darger, but it's love divided by three for each one of his wives. That's correct, yeah. And they I don't, don't know how they do it. I, I, it, but it is such a facade they're putting on. It's so, yeah. so funny when they say, they they say they're jealous. They yeah. they admit their jealousy. Right. They wouldn't be normal if they weren't. Of course not. And then they turn right around and say, "Well, um, the I I I don't you know dislike any of the the sister wives and so on." But the jealousy is there. It's not that they dislike them, but yeah. they, they, it's a natural thing. God just... Well, they, they say that the idea is to overcome your, uh, those foibles and the jealousy and the envy and, the, and things like that. And that's what elevates you and makes you mm-hmm. more worthy than monogamous, you mm-hmm. know, that mm-hmm. have these... But it, it's always there. I wasn't aware of one family, including Owen's family, that didn't have problems with the wives uh, over envy. Or uh, There's always going to be the favorite wife mm-hmm. or the dominant wife. And the favorite children. And the favorite and the children. dominant children. <laughs> and there's no equality in Mormon fundamentalism. If you take uh, AUB, Apostolic United Brethren, as, as a model, which is probably the most liberal of all of the groups, there's the elite and there's the secondary. Mm-hmm. The elite families, mm-hmm. the priesthood families. That's uh, right. There's, there's, there's no equality. Right. I know that. I know that for, for, from my own experience. Right. It's the same that. in the Kingstons. Mm-hmm. The, the Kingston clan or the Kingston boys, they, they take the cream. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's left is what? Mm-hmm. A lot of the boys, I, I, I know for a fact, have to go outside of the group to find wives because the Kingstons have first pick of all mm-hmm. of the nice young yeah. choice girls and, when they come And the of birth age. ratio is one for one. That's so right. when you've got 30 wives, That's right. 29 men don't get a wife. That's right. Well, we're at the place to where we need to, to uh, break and uh, give a message, open up our phone lines and give our, our message of our ministry. I also like to take this time. Last week we mentioned a woman that had six children that needed some help. And we are grateful there were uh, uh, some um, donations that came in to help her, and we want to thank those who did that. Um, however, we still need a place for this woman to go. We're still looking for a home uh, to be able to put her in. And, re- and I also would like to remind you, too, that we are tax deductible. Anything that you would give or, or, or loan to the ministry would be a tax deductible for you. And uh, our phone lines are open. Our number is 801-973-TV20. And now we will share our message with you. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. 
Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. You are welcome to join us in our monthly support group, Life After Polygamy, where you can meet others like yourself who are searching for answers about polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism. We meet monthly in the Salt Lake City area. For more details about time and place, call us toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we've made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, Make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back. Um, this is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am Doris Hansen, and our guest on tonight's show is John Llewellyn. He has quite a bit of information and interest in, in what's going on with current events with polygamy groups today. And uh, I would like to mention that our next support group is going to be meeting on January 23rd. That's Monday, January 23rd at 6.30. You, uh, if you have been impacted by polygamy in any way, if it was your great-grandpa that was a polygamist and you would just like to come and hear some stories or share some stories, you're welcome to come. Just give us a call for the details. That's next, or not next Monday, but January 23rd at 6.30. We're open our phone lines now. If you have some questions or comments, please keep on topic. Uh, please let your comments or your questions uh, deal with what we've been talking about and, and uh, address your questions to our guest, uh, John Llewellyn. And we do have a call right now from Raymond. He's in Utah on line one. Hello, Raymond. Yes. Yes, you're on the air, Raymond. Oh, hello. Uh, I had to turn my TV down. So, yes, uh, that's good. I have an interesting question. <laughs> I'm coming from the East Coast, and I moved out here about two years ago. And I was very curious to know, uh, polygamy actually existed many more places besides Utah. Uh, in a coal mining town back in Pennsylvania where the husband would maybe go into the mine one day 
and something would collapse and he would die, then the neighbor would pick up. So polygamy wasn't necessarily about sex or whatnot. It was uh, a man to take care of the family. But when I moved out here to Utah and I started seeing uh, polygamous families, it became very interesting to me, uh, especially generated in soap opera style, that, you know, it was all about the women serving the man and... You know, the man could do whatever he wanted because he was in control. And I've witnessed this in non-polygamous LDS as well, is that, you know, we live in such a liberal country where it is free, but yet we're bound by this book that people feel that they have this need to fulfill, be it polygamist or non-polygamist. My question is, why don't they just pick up and go about their lives and make it happy? It's so much effort. Why don't I think I missed you somewhere? Why don't who pick up what? Well, I, I, yeah, what's the question specifically? Well, if 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 I didn't want to be a a wife to a polygamist, or I had this jealousy or whatnot, why do I feel the bond to stay with it? Why don't I just pick up and leave and have my own life like rest of America does? Well, we talked about that in fact just a few minutes ago, where this this polygamy, Mormon polygamy is the only polygamy in history where they claim that you have to do it to go to heaven. In order to please God, I read three, three um, quotes from early Mormon polygamists that said, if you don't live it, you will be damned. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. A lot of women will go into it out of security. Uh, in, in my observation, the typical woman that converts to polygamy is a single mom who has had a bad monogamous relationship. And through word of mouth, uh, she goes along with that polygamous axiom that it's better to have uh, part of a good man than all of a bad man. So a lot of them go into it out of security and adventure. That would be those who aren't born and raised in it. Right. But I, people like, most of the people that, yeah, the converts, mm -hmm. but most of the people that are in polygamy uh, are born and raised in it, uh, that from the cradle they've been taught that That's polygamy right. is required by God That's and right. that you will become a son of perdition right. if you leave it. You know, the same, you can, the same analogy is with uh, Islam. Uh, women and children that are raised in, in Iran, for example, or Afghanistan, uh, that's all they know, and that's what their uh, all their, their elders have been, and it's the only direction they know what, uh, to go. You know what, and actually I think you bring up a good point when you bring it from infancy and what you know, because as a scholar, you only do know what you know. And perhaps the breaking bridge of this is that uh, early learning is to teach against it, so it doesn't recur. Uh, wow, what an empowerment! And, but, and what an empowerment you give somebody whenever uh, you have control over children, so they can make the decision based off their knowledge base. But their knowledge base is based off of what they know, not what options they really have. But let me also intersperse something here, Raymond. When, it, when anybody comes to someone else or a group of people and says, "Thus saith the Lord." That's got a powerful impact on many, many people. And people sometimes don't even know to go check it out to see if God really did or would have said that. And that's what's happened with polygamy. They say, thus saith the Lord, and they believe him. 
all this crazy stuff Warren Jeffs has been doing these past couple of weeks. He says the Lord says and everybody believes it. So they just follow along blindly. And that's what happens in the polygamy groups here in, uh, in behind the Zion Curtain. You'll forgive me on my last uh, statement. And I agree with what you're saying because even in my own religion, I'm not LDS. But I have learned one thing. Whenever I learned how to read the Bible, I didn't need somebody to dictate it to me. So when somebody comes out and says, mm -hmm. Thus saith the Lord, mm -hmm. I question what the Lord says because you can go in the Lord, Bible they and give find me it. common sense to make mm -hmm. the right decisions based on what type of a citizen I am, how am I helping my community, and also how am I helping myself. Well, God gave he guidelines that, on what he said comment. and what he didn't say. I would argue that. that, you know, if I'm supposed to do something because the leader of my church says, well, this is good, and it is not good for my family, I think God's pretty neat. Uh, I think that he looks up there and he says, you, you may not have been uh, exactly what the preacher told you, but you did what was best for your position that I put you in. Well, we hey, th thank you very much for your time. <laughs> okay. I, I just wanted we, to throw some comments. We could have a long one on that. That's right. I found it very interesting. Well, thanks for your call, Raymond. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Good night. Okay, line two. I'm not sure how to say that. Spaz, spazogy. Hello. 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 Hello, are you are you there? Hello, turn your TV down. Turn your TV down or we'll cut you off. We'll turn turn the sound on your TV down or we'll cut you off. Okay. Are you down? Yes. Volume down. Okay. What is your name? Spasha. Spasha, okay. Well you're on the air. If, if you don't know how to, how to say it, you know, it's all good. Okay, okay. Anyway, you're on the air. What's your question or your comment? Okay, well, my question is, um, how many of these individuals and, like, how many families um, are, are in this, are in this, uh, are in this practice of polygamy in Utah? What's the latest that you've heard? Well, I think there's maybe 30, 35,000 at the very most. And then they might be counting the chickens and the horses and the dogs. <laughs> the, uh, the polygamists like to embellish and, and try to make you think there's actually more than there really is. You, you can take the, the organized groups and you pretty well know how many are in it. For instance, the FLDS, there might be 10,000, uh, another 5,000 over at uh, Centennial Park. 7,000 Apostolic United Brethren, maybe a couple of thousand in the Kingstons, and it, it, it doesn't, doesn't uh, amount to a whole lot. Yeah, there's been, there's been numbers meant for, uh, mentioned from 30,000 to 100,000, right. somewhere in between right. that number, but nobody really knows for sure because the polygamists never tell the truth. They hide. I shouldn't say never sell okay. the truth. That's not a well, I, well, that's all I wanted to ask. Okay, thank, thank you. Very you. Much. Thank you. Okay. I apologize for that statement. I said polygamists never tell the truth. That isn't true. And I was doing a hyperbole there. They don't tell the truth about uh, some things that they do. There's they some have of their a tendency practices. to embellish. And so they didn't, yeah. We wouldn't right. know how many right. families a certain man would have because he right. wouldn't tell us. Yeah, especially with the independents. There's just no exact way of counting them. Mm -hmm. True. 
Okay, we have a call on line three, Jim in Salt Lake City. Hello, Jim. Hello. You're on uh, the air, Jim. Interpretation of the Doctrine and Covenants is false. Um, now say that again. Your interpretation of this, of the sealing covenant and the Doctrine and Covenants is false. It is it's not for polygamous. Oh, it's not. Yeah, why don't you get your facts straight? Oh, well, I, I would suggest that you would read the heading of section I'm an one. LDS person married in the temple. That sealing power is for every individual couple who does go through the temple or who is married or who goes through after. The celestial and marriage the was polygamy from the very beginning. The power of the priesthood to seal people to have the everlasting covenant the everlasting covenant jim is polygamy to how the celestial kingdom uh -huh. when they die if they live worthily to jim have jim it just as that <laughs> pertain to polygamous jim the everlasting covenant the new and everlasting covenant according to joseph smith according to brigham young according to lorenzo snow um, according to wilford woodruff john taylor the everlasting covenant new and everlasting covenant was polygamy no, it is and not. It you is. are wrong. And you can, read, you can read section 132 from read every single verse. Right. Okay, what about the verse that says, if you marry ten virgins, you haven't sinned? What's that? In section it 132. It says that in section 132. No, no it doesn't. Oh, yes, you it get does. That, ten virgins. Read it. Read that Oh, section. my gosh. You are way off base, lady. Read it. Hey, read Jim, it, sir. Jim. Look up the 132nd and check out verses 6, 54, 64, and 65. And, you'll, and it's all coercive. Coercing women. It doesn't say anything about ten virgins. Oh, yes, it does. Well, I'm afraid it oh, does, no, Jim. Yes, Boy, it does. And read it. Pull it out and read it. And, and Joseph, down the LDS and Joseph Smith also <laughs> warned. Would the Savior have you do that? Yes, he did it. Read Matthew oh, yeah. 23. Read Matthew 23, Jim. Bye, I've had enough of your garbage. <laughs> so have we. Good night. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, I'd like to make a comment uh, on Jim. We're not cutting down the LDS Church. As far as I'm concerned, the LDS Church is a, is, is a fine organization, family-oriented, uh, very patriotic. They have an awful lot of good people in the church. We're talking about the Mormon fundamentalists who are not members of the church. We weren't even talking about the church at all. No, no nothing has been said about the church at the all church. tonight. We did We're, mention the doctrine and covenants. That's right. But the polygamists believe in the doctrine and that's covenants. Right. And the and the section one thirty two is still part of the doctrine and covenants. And and the re, the head the, when you the introduction to section one thirty two says that it is the doctrine of polygamy. Right, right. there, it says that's it. That's right. Oh my goodness, Jim! Read your scriptures. That's what we have. We, we ask all the people who watch our show to check it out. Check out what you believe and why you believe it, and read it word for word. But those ten virgins are there. And another thing I want to mention to Jim, if you're still watching, is that Joseph Smith threatened Emma that if she did not accept the wives that God had given him, <laughs> she would be uh, destroyed. 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 And, and we've heard that from the cradle. Everyone that, that was born in polygamy right. heard that from the cradle. That's verse 54. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, that got our blood pumping here for a minute. Um, we talked a little bit about the safety net committee uh, already on tonight. Um, would you explain to our viewers what the safety net committee is, what, who's involved in it, well. and how is it funded? Well, it was, it was first organized by the uh, Attorney General's office, and it was um, 
ostensibly to break down bridges and or build bridges and break down barriers uh, so that there was some meeting of the minds between the general public and the polygamists. And uh, I attended a couple of the meetings when it was first organized. And most of the people that were in attendance, other than uh, uh, employees of the state of Utah and member of the Attorney General's office, was practicing polygamists or pro-polygamists. And it was all about tolerating Mormon polygamy. And the, uh, the idea was, was for the, um, uh, the safety net not to take sides one way or another or not to discuss decriminalization or anything of that nature. It was just to kind of uh, to help out those that were in need. But it became, uh, in my opinion, so pro-polygamy and tolerant of polygamy and... Uh, I was involved with uh, Tapestry Against Polygamy at that time, and, and they had been told not to use words that might antagonize mm -hmm. or offend mm -hmm. the polygamists. And uh, seems like I couldn't open my mouth during those meetings without offending them. And well, we often can't do that in almost anything these days. Well, the, that's the political correctness. Yeah. It's just become real, very political yeah. correctness. So. It's funded apparently by the government, the yeah. United States government, and uh, but I couldn't see where it's actually doing anything to cut down on the abuse that occurs in polygamy. Well, it doesn't, and it it actually gives them more freedom to, and and they wanted them more freedom to come forward and talk about abuse, right. but it doesn't do that. It just gives them more freedom right. to come forward and talk about. This their was a lifestyle. couple of years ago, and they were trying to get members of the FLDS to come and join them, and also from the Harmson group and come and join them. But I don't think what they understood is the authority factor that's involved in Mormon fundamentalism. You have uh, Lemoyne Jensen, Jim Harmston, Warren Jeffs. These guys figured that they're the one and only prophet mentioned in verse 7 of the 132nd section of the Doctrine and Covenants, Jim. And uh, they are actually surrogate gods. And they're not going to give up any of their authority to the safety net, to the attorney general, or, or anybody mm -mm. like that. No. And as far as the uh, government is concerned, with those people that I mentioned, government is the enemy. You know, the, the no. Mormon fundamentalists, yeah. I found out, are really great haters. They are some of the best haters that you could ever find. Read some of what they, the early Mormons said. And they they hate apostates. They hate the government. Mm -hmm. They hate blacks. They hate Jews. They hate well, yeah. just about everybody except themselves. except themselves. And then they even fight among themselves sometimes. Yeah, that's why there's so many different groups. Right. Okay, we have Kendrick calling from Park City. Hello, Kendrick. Hello, Kendrick. Hi, Doris. Yes. Did you turn the volume down on your television? Yeah, I did. Okay. What's your question? Well, uh, I've got a, uh, a, pros a prospect of getting a job out in parks. Currently dating some women out in Atlanta, where I'm from. And I was just wondering the best strategy to, uh, with my job transition, to move out and maybe some advice to tell the women I'm living with to come out to the West Coast with me. 
Would you like to repeat that? Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, you're breaking up, and I have a feeling that you that this is kind of a strange call. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah. Tell, Are you okay? Would you repeat your question? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm in a job transition. Yes. I'm. I'm looking to move out to Park City, and I'm just looking to get your advice, maybe a strategy on talking the. Uh, three women I'm in a relationship with mm -hmm. to yeah. continuing a relationship and moving well, out west. you know, we're, we're not going to deal with this call, so yeah, we, we... We can't give you any advice no, there, except advice you're, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, let them go. Bye. Okay, line three, Paul in Salt Lake City. Hello, Paul. Yes, I just had a comment. I'm not going uh, to argue anything you've talked about. Are you aware of the situation in China at the present time and their history of polygamy and the problems they have over there? If you've ever visited China, visited several years ago, and our guide was a noted, he was Chinese, so he knew the people had grown up there. And he says, well, you probably know that in the ancient times, the Chinese had concubines. They just didn't have wives. They had thousands of wives. Mm -hmm. If you go to Beijing, you go to Tiananmen Square and the Emperor's Palace, yeah. you look off to the one side, and there's a residence for thousands of wives that the, the mm -hmm. Emperor would have. So he was married to each one of them, not one or two or three, but yeah. thousands of them. And the situation now today is what they do in China is all the wealthy men have many wives, but they don't live together. They live in separate houses. So they have a wife in one house and a family and a wife in another house and a family and a wife in another house and a family and a wife in another house and a family. That's how they get away from the one-child policy, and they just pay off politicians or whatever they have to do. I don't know if you're aware of that, but yeah. you don't hear a lot about it because it's all covered up. But. Somewhat. Uh, in Adam's Curse, uh, it talks about the polygamist in China. Kind of like, it's a book, uh, Adam's Curse. Oh, they talked a little bit about that. Yes, I don't know if you're still where that still goes on now, but it's even more prevalent. It's just not talked about. They just do it, but it's not publicized or even in the open. It's also secret and dumb, but it's well, still it's so it's so much more prevalent than it is in America. Or even Mormonism or fundamentalism is. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of that. Well, polygamy is is always a subculture, and it's it really it never was God's way. Monogamy was always His way from the beginning. Well, well, that's probably too. But in Chinese, well, that's a different religion. Yeah, that's not even Christianity. Well, they didn't they didn't believe that. They we, believed that we appreciate the God's way that a man should have more than one wife. But yeah, we only the emperors and the rich people could do them, not just the common <laughs> man. Okay, thanks I mean, for your call. I don't know if you'd heard of it or were aware of it. Yeah. Okay, well, it, it doesn't really relate to Mormon polygamy, but we do appreciate your information. Yeah. Yeah, I, just wanted, I just wanted to know that the world's a bigger place than just Utah. So. Well, we do know that much. Yeah. Okay, thank, thank you. you. It's, it's always been the, the rich and the powerful the who have food. taken the plural wives, in the no ones. matter what culture it is. Well, thank you for coming again tonight. We do well, appreciate it. My pleasure. And uh, my closing comments are going to be focused on the Book of Mormon, 2 Nephi chapter 9, verse 34, where it says, Woe unto the liar, for he shall be thrust down to hell. Now, although we can assume that forgiveness is available to the repentant Mormon for lying, this verse does not offer forgiveness. It merely says the liar will be thrust down to hell. Well, we can't help but wonder what happened to Joseph Smith. We have documented on this show literally hundreds of times lies that came from the mouth of Joseph Smith in relation to polygamy alone.
He lied about his polygamous behavior. He lied about other people's polygamous behavior. He lied to the faithful Mormon people. He lied to the public. He lied in printed church material. And he lied to Emma about his personal polygamist activities and beliefs. Now, the contemporary polygamous groups also lie about their polygamist activities. They go against the laws of the land. Many of them lie under oath. They lie to the government, and they lie to their own membership. All the polygamists in this culture believe the Book of Mormon, and they follow its teachings right down to the grave. The Book of Mormon gives no exceptions to the damnation of liars. Its statement is clear. All liars will be thrust down to hell. Now, all Christians, Christians were grateful to God Almighty, who wasn't a man and became a God, but who was God from all eternity past and became a man so he could die for us all because God died on the cross for all sinners. That includes liars, polygamists, Mormons, Christians, Muslims, atheists, everyone who will trust in him. Eternal life will be given as a gift to those who will acknowledge that he is a sinner needing a savior. And if they will recognize that Jesus is the only Savior and that the sinner cannot forgive himself or save himself, it's only Jesus who can do that, and he does it perfectly and he does it completely. Thanks for watching and good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.